gospel this third Sunday after Epiphany is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, beginning at verse 14. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Often as I prepare to write a sermon, I read the text and I sit quietly for a time and let my mind wander. On this occasion, what came to mind after I read the second reading from 1 Corinthians was a song and dance I had not thought about for years. Do you remember this? You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out, you put your right foot in and you shake it all about, you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. This is what it's all about. The song goes on, as you know, to the left foot, hands, and then your whole self. This is what it is all about. I submit this is what this reading is all about. Paul is writing in his letter to the Corinthians, a struggling congregation if there ever was one, and he is addressing several issues that have thrown this congregation into turmoil. These included the jockeying of several groups for control, indifference to the flagrant immorality of some members, disregard for those not fully enlightened about proper conduct during service, marginalizing of disadvantaged members, and finally a challenge to Paul's authority. I often think of the first-time attendees here at Holy Spirit struggling with our liturgy. When to stand? When to sit? What page are we on? What do I do with this wafer? Paul is especially critical of those who boast of certain religious wisdom or knowledge or gifts, such as a static speech, speaking in tongues, as evidence of a higher spiritual status. Paul uses the metaphor of the human body to describe how intimately connected we are in the church. It raises the challenge of how we work together as the church community. It is staggering to me to think that our bodies are made up of 206 bones, 639 muscles, six pounds of skin, ligament, cartilage, veins, arteries, blood, and fat. It is 100 plus parts of the body working together for our bodies to work as a unit. It is one of the most complex systems in existence, worth about $160 in chemicals. It is why the body is one of the most powerful images for church offered in scripture 
and its complexity and organic unity. Paul's purpose was to describe to the Corinthian church community how to work together, how to cherish each member for their individual gifts. For example, and don't be shy, I know it's not a Lutheran thing, raise your hand if you enjoy data entry. I, I, I'll get one person. Good, good, good. Technology. How many of you really go, are into technology? We must have people, lots of people. Uh, working with preschoolers. Now we have some people here too. Playing a musical instrument. Oh, lots of people with that. How many of you love to teach? Yeah, lots of people. Quilt. Must have some quilters here, yes. Uh, be an usher. Yeah, there we go, in the back row there. Receptionist in the narthex during the week, for which we are most grateful. Yep. Uh, work in the kitchen, especially cleaning up. Uh, serving communion. Yeah, we have a number of people who do that. Sing in the choir. Well, we had the choir here this morning, so we still have more here. Do repair and different tasks around the building. So we have some people. So you see, I could go on. But I would imagine that few of you would raise your hand for all these and other gifts that I have not mentioned that make this church function. Look at the back of your worship bulletin. Just for a minute. How many of you ever look at the back? Note how many people make this worship service happen. It makes us realize that no one person can do the ministry of this church, certainly not the pastors and our incredible staff. The health and vitality of this place depends on each of you. I am speaking, I am sure, on behalf of the entire staff to thank you for all you do. Our recent congregational meeting is an example where we heard reports of the various committees whose members have spent many hours so we could vote on issues of importance to our health and future. Due to their work, the vote to allocate the $140,000 gift from our former Mission Church Salt House passed unanimously. And thank you for the 217 people who showed up. Some churches, you know, follow the 20-80 rule. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I'm sure you've all been in organizations like that. I will submit that this is not true here, where contributing seems contagious. It is more like 80-20%, with most everybody contributing in some way to the life of this community. It is where we all have a place to connect, even when parts of our individual bodies have limitations and our abilities and interests change over time. There are also seasons of engagement. And this is what this text is all about. If you are searching for a way to contribute your skills and interests, please talk to one of our staff members. But key is simply being here for your own spiritual nourishment and being here for each other. Your presence alone and healthy patterns and habits will enrich your faith life and the life of this congregation. Engagement is critical to the community's health. And for each of us, it is an attitude toward life, to be engaged, to be contributing, whether it is here in your city, your neighborhood, your service clubs, the scouts, confirmation, the quilting group, whatever it might be. The list goes on. This, the body, is one of the most famous metaphors in the history of Christianity, as it is about the unity of the church, 
the church as a human body. People sometimes find it difficult to name their place in the church, but often when asked to envision themselves as part of the body, children and adults will often find it easier to identify themselves as the hands, the feet, the brains, and perhaps for some, the funny bones. Paul gives this new twist to counter his society that was reinforcing hierarchy with lowly workers, drones that were to obey and support the military, business, religious, and political leaders of his day. A social ladder based on the pyramid, where those many at the bottom of the social ladder should stay put and be grateful for guidance and protection of their natural superiors. That the brain was greater than the lower organs that sustain our daily functioning. That a CEO is worth far more than the janitor. Those who get accolades while others language unacknowledged in the shadows. Paul inverts the metaphor that it is not hierarchy and subordination, but the figure of the body with diversity, interdependence, a strong egalitarian thrust. Revolutionary in that day and in some ways our, our place in our life today. In employing this metaphor to emphasize the importance of each part, Paul is stressing that what we share in common, the Holy Spirit, a gift of spirit, is to be received and maintained in a bond of peace with one another. We enter the waters of our baptism as individuals and emerge changed. Our identification is no longer solitary. We are now part of a greater community the body of Christ, the church. We are beings in relationship wherein the spirit of God remains the source of life, breath, the church moving among and within us, fulfilling the human need to belong, a place to have a place of significance. Belonging is a gift of baptism, a gift of the spirit, a gift of love. The, the pyramid with its assertion of superiority of one office, one role in a congregation, is ridiculous as it reduces the church to one body part and function. After all, as we pastors can well attest, we need sound technicians, ushers, acolytes, assisting ministers, greeters, cantors, altar folks, musicians, not to mention the one who comes in every Saturday night to prepare the coffee so one of the pastors only need plug it in. And of course, most importantly, we need you. All make a worship service possible, not to mention all the other activities of this place. That unity is a reality only among diversity. It is critical to be a healthy congregation that no member of the body should ever think they are worthless or unimportant. What Paul is also saying to the Corinthian congregation is that it will only be as strong as its weakest part. The body does not work well when one part checks out, as many of us know, as it is thrown out of balance. When each of us is given a gift of baptism that Pastor Katie and John described so beautifully in Great Ideas of Worship class, it is to understand that belonging is not one-sided. It is because, therefore. In belonging to Christ, therefore, we respond by how we live, sharing our gifts, our talents, our time for the common good. It is acknowledging that everyone matters, 
the homebound, the elderly, babies, teenagers, those with disabilities, all, regardless of gender, race, sexual orientation, physical or mental gifts, those who contribute as they are able. Only with all members of the body can the church be whole. No one is dispensable. Being a community in Christ is one that shares its life. It is a visible expression of the love of God, a love that simply takes delight in the presence of each and every one, sharing each other's lives in good times and bad times, a vision of an ever-expanding circle. As we do so, we share the work of God in the world. This is a vision of church that Paul was talking about, not a building, but a body of people caring for one another, sharing the work of God in the world, all made possible by the gift of the Spirit who works in and through each one of us. All of us who are part of the body belong to Christ, and we depend on the Spirit who is life. As Paul writes, God has made each one indispensable to the whole, the hand, the foot, the ear, the eye, giving each one an essential role, apostle, teacher, leader, healer, and so on. Our individual and corporate health as a Christian community here at Holy Spirit and elsewhere is to be found in fully embracing both within the context of the body of Christ. As such, we know God loves us when we are held in that community of love. As Mary Oliver, the wonderful poet who died recently wrote, love yourself, then forget it, then love the world. And that is what the song is what it is all about. Let us pray.